in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. I am Matt Nost. <laughs> there it is. We're starting out here uh, this week. Um, this is uh, – well, we, we were we, just talking Schmodown. That's we what were. got us in that wrestling mentality. That's a good point. It's a good point. I'll be in here with the outlaw right now. Outlaw. <laughs> a lot of people are saying uh, you're not going to show up for the next match. I'll be there. You tell them I'm coming. You tell them I'm kind of hell's coming with me. What do you got to say? I thought like your fans out there, outlaw. <laughs> Thanks for riding along with me and my posse. <laughs> you do a southern affectation now. I didn't know that. I stopped watching the Schmodown. That's beautiful. Give me some more of that. What else you got? What else you got? What brand of whiskey do you I, drink? I always get scared. I'll slide into Foghorn Leghorn. That's what I start well, doing. Well, I'll stuff. tell you. I'll say, I'll say, that boy. Uh, sarsaparilla. I don't drink no whiskey. Sarsaparilla with my spurs. Uh, anyway, yeah, the Schmodown. Uh, and before you all get too excited, we weren't talking about Matt coming back. A lot of people are mad that you're not in anymore. Or they miss you. Not mad. They miss you. Yeah, but I see comments all the time. As as evidenced by, I I think I was happier on the way out knowing it was done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. So it just like showed up and was like, whatever. Although I finally got to, you know, I I never went in for the histrionics, but I never went to upstage what we did and what not. And yeah. by coming in and giving that kind of nonchalance as an attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just seeing you in some sort of Buddhist like <laughs> trance. You know, right before certain matches, I stretch just because, like, I don't want to sit there the whole time and not be right. at least limber. Not be loose. You know, work on my posture, whatnot, try and yeah. get out there. Yeah. Project. Sure, sure. People. Sure. Uh, so, but, uh, yeah, that's never. We were just talking about random schmodown, like, oh, what's going on with this? Yeah. What's going on over here? Yeah. Eight air, hot air. But there were times when you were really dialed in, like against Team Action the second time, you were fully dialed in. It's just a matter of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, I don't mean the same I don't mean I mean, like, yeah, the anger, like you know, the frustration or the anger of those guys wanting to beat those guys. Uh, well, because we wanted look, to bury them back then. Much as I may like those guys, and I'm yeah. sure you, I don't know where their storyline is. So you may or may not like one over the other. Is there still some sort of weird father son aspect? No, that's been to- Christian, Christian hated that, so they killed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it seems weird. Yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Had it been around for ten years, yeah. or something where you have established you you are this paternal figure, yeah, yeah, yeah. etc. But it's still kind of young in its infancy. That's true. Uh, yeah, but uh, the the first time around, look, they got questions which we felt were easy, yeah, and they could not handle them, and we lost on getting. Oh, okay, what esoteric question do you have for me next, or right. a topic no one knows the answer to, or right. and then theirs was you know what color is purple. <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on a second. What color is purple? Uh, fucking like guy the- looks over at Bateman, and Bateman finally, last second, three, two, one, purple. Yeah. Good for you, Bateman. <laughs> I like that that's your character hook. I don't know if he still does it. No idea. Uh, that, that, that team corruption's kind of got that vibe to them, too, and they got lucky against us a second time. 
Who's uh, on that squad? That's uh, Mike Kalinowski and Chance Ellison. Because they spun opponents, oh. a spinner's choice and opponent's choice. I saw Ellis, and I talked to him about oh, the, yeah, yeah. the O, David Oh, o. yeah, yeah. What would you tell him? And I was like, you are wrong. Yeah. Flat out. What did like, he say? I heard these two arguments independent of who said what. Yeah. And asked for my opinion. And my opinion is that shit is utterly fucking different and is ridiculous that you ruled that way. And he was so blitzed. Like... <laughs> He's, it was last weekend. I showed up to the store to do my late spot. Oh, shit. He had done his early spot, and he hung out for four hours and drank. Yeah, we were going to – Lily and I, he invited us. We were going yeah, to that. go. And we were that, so tired. John was just like, nah, he was never coming. I was yeah. like, I'm not surprised. He gets so kind of juiced up for that stuff Yeah, uh, that it's just easier to come down. It is. Yeah, but I saw him, and he was <laughs> he was pretty three sheets. You know, it's good to see. <laughs> But he's like, let me, let me let me tell you about that. Christian just left the room. Yeah, he did. He <laughs> walked like, he didn't right really. Out. Just yeah. left the room. He didn't want to make a decision. Uh, and then right after that, a fight broke out. So we got distracted by the fight. Oh yeah, what was the fight? Why? No, I'm talking about at the store. Oh really? It was a former employee and her oh. boyfriend were getting kicked out, and we, dude, I've seen so much worse. I'm sure. I saw Ben Foster store. get tossed out on his ass. Ben Foster. Mm-hmm. Is he is is. Like evil as you see him play certain roles, is he like kind of got that look to him? Uh, the way he carries him. It has been Foster, right? Hell or high water. Yeah, he's yeah. in X three. Yeah, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, leave no trace. No safe place. Oh no, leave no trace. Right. Yeah. Uh, no safe. It's kind of the same thing. <laughs> it's sure. You know, it's, it's in there. that's that's his critique of Western society. Yeah. That's why he wants to live. Fair enough. It's not a bad assessment. Good for you. Thank you. I hadn't thought of it in those terms. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I was upstairs. Uh, doing a spot in the belly and I came down and two of the door guys had thrown him down. There's front steps, you know, going into the oh, yeah, and they had to throw him. He was apparently liquored up and they threw him and he like tumbled down the last two oh, steps fuck. and just landed out on the pavement out on the front. And I was like, really? I missed that? I've seen some great fights there. I've seen a lot of fun things really? there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's a comedy store. Yeah. What the fuck? I saw a, uh, a blowjob competition on stage way what? back when. What? I saw – yeah, well, at one point the inmates were in the asylum at the store. Oh, my God. So we were kind of allowed I, – I was there at the tail end of we were allowed to do whatever we wanted. What do you mean a blowjob competition? It was 2.30 in the morning and there was uh, uh, two uh, point, uh, porn star. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I don't really need description. There was okay. more than one male. Oh, uh, so she. So what was the competition? If only one person is delivering the blowjob. Whoever could last the longest, I believe. <laughs> a, buddy, a buddy of mine used to have a bit. He's a very well-known comic. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Oh but my he'd god, do this that's thing. brilliant. He'd be like, he asked the audience <laughs> if they wanted to see the snail race. And his balls are so big, he could pull them out and put them on the, around the <laughs> mic stand. They looked like two big snails. He would have them slowly scoot up the mic stand. I mean, there was like six people in the audience. That's one of many. Oh. One of many. It's just like, dude, there's so many stories like that. And I missed oh. all the Pantheon stories. Oh, I'm sure LA. of like yeah. Yeah, Robin and all those guys. I got the last Richard, like yeah. two years, three years of it. <laughs> well, this is in the weird like the store wasn't the place to be. Of All the other comedy clubs oh, were doing okay. better. So it was the one where only the misfits went. Oh, gotcha. And so, okay. And they weren't making as much money and as much audience weren't coming out. And right. there's all these legacy guys left over from like the 80s still getting numerous spots a week. So yeah. everybody else has whoever the hottest newest thing is you know yeah and uh so you know a lot of weird shit <laughs> I've, I've heard so many good stories i'm sure like, dude i can only imagine that one <laughs> what was your late what time was your late night spot uh i was supposed to be one show wow. starts at 10 god damn dude one i don't have tv Respect. or movie credits 
No, no, but I mean, respect you staying that long and been doing it. Fuck, man. Uh, the show starts at 10. That's not bad. They're still good. Okay. But the problem is last week's show was an hour behind. Oh, shit. So they were wow. they were tired. They okay. were fine, but it yeah. was kind of like, ha, ha. Because <laughs> they've been there before. I get it. Yeah. You're laughed out. It's a late spot, you know, yeah. at the store. Yeah, yeah, you're laughed uh, out. I've done it to, you know, I don't have TV credits or movie credits. Mm-hmm. So I either go on, you know, in one of the first two or one of the oh. last, like, five. Right, right, right. And now it's more like I don't open as much anymore. Uh, and now it's just late spots. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You know, okay. I li- li- I have no complaint. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm just saying. I don't have. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, there's you're part a night of- owl though. You're you're built to be a night owl anyway. I was. That was one of my favorite things about the store. You go hang out. And you're there till three in the morning. Yeah, yeah. We we were in London. Lily and I left because Catherine's like, oh, he's going to do this till one or two a.m. You guys should go. Because yeah. we were, we were tired. We were. I was so tired, dude. And so yeah. when we hit that midnight spot, I looked at her and I was like, babes. And she's like, and she, she talked to Catherine. And Catherine said, yeah, no, no, Matt's going to be up for another hour or two, like doing this. I know what he's, I know what he's like when he gets going. And, and I was like, okay. And so we, we took I, off. Look, me going to bed early <clears throat> now, even with all the shit I'm doing, is still yeah. two in the morning. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Right I'm on. here trying to get to bed by 10 p.m. And here you are just staying up till two. Respect. That. Well, tonight, though, I'm going to be up all night. Oof. Well, hopefully not all night. Yeah. Fingers crossed. All right. Uh, but I got to tear a tile out of a, a shower. Yeah, Oof. but it's a it's a stand up shower, but it's all kind of so the tile goes floor to ceiling, and it's basically you're in a phone booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh wow, it's that yeah. kind of okay. it's that small, but it's in essence those dimensions. Yeah, yeah. And it's just open on one side, but the tile wraps around the outside. So I got to take it all out by the morning. Oh, Jesus. Well, I rented the right tool, and hopefully it only takes me like two to three hours. Okay, that's my hope. Okay. That way, then the plumber can handle it. More done with plumbing tomorrow. Yeah. Otherwise, he has to come back Monday. And it's not that big a deal. He's like, I don't mind doing it. Right, just, right. It gets you guys done sooner and you can move on to other things. So That's like, good. 100%. We got so many other. We got painting to finish. We finished most of the repair on the woodwork. Yeah. We just got the ladder in because the loft, they cut a <sighs> section out to put stairs in, but it cut into the lofted area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got these modified uh, uh, library mm-hmm. uh, stairs okay. attached oh, wow. to, yeah, but it's to a nice, you know, completely manufactured specifically to our me- measurements by a local guy, a local welder. Yeah, yeah. Powder coated black with these uh, kind of extended out stairs. Nice. They can slide down a railing and whatnot. Now they have all that extra space to put like a king size bed up there. Wow. Yeah. And have a little bit of room left over. Yeah. And this thing slides wherever the hell you want it to in the rest of the space and <laughs> it works. But it's. Okay, we just got to move on to other projects. We right. got project after project. But once we're done, we're done for yeah for a while. Hopefully, like you know, ten to fifteen years on anything major and just you know you cosmetic shit from here. Sit back and just get the money. Respect well, that. Yeah, after putting in all this time and effort and money, it's you know, true. recoup the, the expense eventually down the road. Down the road. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, uh, this uh, this week we are talking about uh, the top ten. Uh, Sting Operation movies, is that right? That is correct. Okay, and uh, what movie did we use this for, a basis of, I forget which movie we used. We did it for, is it Driven? The yes, DeLorean? yes, the John DeLorean story. Yeah, because right. I had That's picked something out. else and you were like, what about this? And we've never done this, but the weird thing is we did Undercovers Yeah, so I was trying to, I, it was real close. There were a lot of Undercover. It's a lot, so, yeah. yeah. This was honestly probably the hardest mm. show for me of all time. Mm. Because you're like, Sting Operation is very weird. It is. I got to see certain things yeah. about this. You need to be setting a dude up. There needs to be like right. – there may or may not be some sort of surveillance. Yes. There may or may not be like you need to have aspects of a Sting Operation in right. here, right, like right, a right. huge coordinated effort. Sometimes it took years. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just like a single job. Yeah. Uh, but 
Yeah. There, sometimes it's infiltration. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's – Yeah. I, w- I tried to pick the ones where the person doesn't have a question about what they're doing, that they're very clear they're okay. going to do the sting operation the whole time and there's not going to be any – kind like they don't get lost in the sting. Okay. You know, I like, got one that doesn't fit that, but uh, hey, you'll see. It's your list, right? It's like, like it's my – I just wanted to keep it that way. Um, but yeah. All right. Um, uh, anything else we want to say before we jump into this? No, I don't think so. Oh, cool. Matt, tell them how the show works. Once we set a topic, we go our individual ways and create personal top ten lists. I show back up here, as does John. And I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Uh, All right. So I'll just jump right in. Ten for me is The Firm. All good one. With Good Tom Cruise, one, yeah. Because it is a sting. In essence, mm-hmm. he has to get the FBI on, you know, on board with what he wants to execute. Yes. He has to appease the mob so they don't kill him even if he succeeds. Yes. And it is a big sting operation, a coordinated government effort to mm-hmm. take out this corrupt law firm. Now, they'd like to do the organized crime on top of that, but they'll right. take what they can get. Right. Which is a big tentacle of this organization. Yeah. And the organization rightly goes, you know what? We can still live by severing this limb. We can grow another one. Oh. Right. It can. It sucks. Mm-hmm. It hurts. You're going to lose a lot of money and a lot of time, yep. but it keeps us all out of jail, and that's the whole point of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, for that, because it is this overall, it's a fictionalized, it's based on a book. Mm-hmm. What is that, a Grisham? Grisham book, yep. Um, and it's a good movie. It's my tan, so it's not like it's, it's a good movie, man. It is. It's entertaining. It's mm-hmm. got a nice thriller aspect to it. Yeah. It's got a good suspense and tension that keeps some, you going. And some interesting ca- uh, cast members there Holly Hunter, Gene uh, Hackman, Gene Hack- Mickey Rourke, Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley. Uh, no wait, yeah, is Mickey Rourke? No, no, Mickey Rourke's no. not in the firm. That's I'm thinking that's uh, the other one with the Rainmaker. But yes, Wilford Brimley's in this thing. Uh, oh, Janine. oh, with Matt Damon and Danny DeVito. Yeah, that one, which is also a Grisham book. Jan Triplehorn is his wife in this in the firm, which is the woman yeah. from okay. Basic Instinct. Good pull. Not Sharon Stone. The yeah, other one. yeah, the brunette. Yes. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I mean whatever it's my ten. It's good yeah, but like he he initially thinks he's not like he initially thinks he's got this great job blah blah blah, and they get sucked into this. Yeah, and then yeah. very early on figures out but yeah. like some weird glance at a meeting or something. Oh, yeah, something's not on the open <laughs> up here. Something's weird. Yeah, it is. Uh, what's your number nine? Number nine is another Tom Cruise. Oh, which is American Made. Ah uh, yes, that's my number ten. Okay, American so this is where I'm technically what you brought up before in the definition. You always yeah. knew what what his purpose was. Right. He's kind of all over the place. Yes, it, it, he is. But like, he's trying to figure it all out as he goes through it. Yes. And so I'm like, okay, this still counts in a way because he's got because he's being used in this way, but then doesn't know that he's being used in this way, and then eventually what happens to him. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's in essence the story behind. One of the many individuals that helped fund the Iran-Contra yeah. that went on. There was a big hubbub, basically. We were – we as a country, through a drug slush fund run by the CIA and black ops, were pushing <laughs> drugs around the world in order to get money to buy illegal arms yes. to, fi- to f- give to Contras so they could fight the Russians. Allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> so that you couldn't directly tie us to this stupid war for political reasons. Exactly. So instead, we facilitated the drug trade and turned it into this international behemoth that it is today. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. God bless America. God bless America. <laughs> I mean, sadly, controlling, yeah. you know, knowing that you can't control the drug trade, so trying to get your piece of the action kind of makes sense. They're all mobs. Oh, sure. 
governments, yeah. whatever, they, you know, mobs themselves, everybody's kind of out for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to look at it like that. We just, you know, as a government, have a lot of toys yes. at our disposal. And when, when you're at the top, uh, yeah. you're top of the pile, you do have a lot of toys to mess around with. So that's how it's, uh, it's going to go down. Um, all right. Uh, that was your number nine. Good stuff there. With yeah. The, yeah, I mean, like, uh, my, you know, the wife is way too young for Tom Cruise. But other than what that. What are you talking about? <laughs> this dude that's in his 50s trying to pass off that he's 36. I thought, what are you talking about? I was like, is that his daughter? That has to be his daughter. That cannot be his wife. And then it was like, yep, that's his wife. All right. Uh, yeah. It's, but it's a fun film nonetheless. It's a lot of fun. It is. Film. You know, it's funny. I was watching it. I was like, when did he turn into Tig Notaro? Because as I was watching it, it just looked like just a, a, you know, a late 40s whatever lesbian comedian from Southern California. I dig it. I dig it. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, but afterwards, I saw that like on Twitter yeah. and whatnot. I was like, OK, so it's a group think type of moment. A lot of people <laughs> had the same uh, idea. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Which number eight? My number eight is yeah. uh, The Infiltrator with Cranston. Oh, OK. I've never seen that one, so it didn't make my list. All right. So – in essence, he helps take out – this is based on a true story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He helps take out the part of the financial uh, wing for Escobar okay, and cocaine dealers yeah, yeah, by yeah. infiltrating into and then uh, helping get like a certain bank shut down uh, and whatnot. But he goes in and takes out the money side of a lot of that cartel you know, operation. Yeah. And it's – you know what? Look, it's, it's kind of like Trumbo. The movie's good. Mm-hmm. Cranston's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's why I say it's a it's a you know meat and potatoes of this, but Cranston is so captivating, at least for me. Yeah, I like him in everything he does. Damn it, I wish you had you know more of a part. Right, I always find it interesting, but it kills me. Like in Godzilla, uh, yeah, very weird to have him just disappear, or die, or whatever. Had we followed him, I would have loved that movie. Oh yeah, I bet the movie would have been a lot better too, without a doubt. Even though I enjoyed it, I think it would have had an even better. Result with uh, Cranston. Yeah, anticlimactic as far as I was concerned. Okay. And uh, that new one is a swing and a miss. Oh, yeah. The new one was – it was – how would I say this? It was fun, but it was really like – It's forgettable. Yes. Yeah. In the end, it was. It's just a bunch of dull, huge explosions, but it all seems meaningless because I don't give a flying – you know, about the family, this dynamic. It's true. uh, what's his name? Friday Night Lights. Yeah, uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle Chandler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kyle Chandler. Yeah, just getting his way every every single time with no real interference from anybody. Whatever. It's just like, oh, we need to go to Tokyo. And they're like, we should probably go to Tokyo. Like, <laughs> this dude has no power or authority in this room right now. But everybody just agrees. We should probably go in this tunnel. Yeah, we, we should, should go in this tunnel. No, keep the shields down. <laughs> really. I'm I'm kind of with uh, uh, Bradley Whitford on this one. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe we should uh, put up some def- defensive posturing right now. He was having fun in this film, Bradley. He, he really was. <laughs> it seems like a weird to him. This was a great paycheck. Yep. And everybody else was taking it very seriously. He knew he knew what movie he was in. He's like, they're not going to stop me That's, from hamming it up. The problem is though, they tried to make yeah, and they, it just doesn't even remotely succeed. So yeah. they tried to make a kind of serious movie, and it really wasn't. <clears throat> no, I just don't care. Yeah. Um, but The Infiltrator. <laughs> good stuff. It's good. It's just more of basically anytime you can get into Escobar's world. Yeah. It's like, you know, Narcos and still Mar- Narcos is going. Yeah. I find that show endlessly captivating because uh, the nice, you know, well, not the nice thing. Those stories don't end. Mm-hmm. 
So if you really wanted to, you could extend this through the entire time period it's gone through and keep going and going and going. Yeah. So infiltrator, infiltrator taps and traps uh, taps into that with the true crime aspect of the drug trade, which both of us enjoy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I don't want to spoil too much, but it's it's a good movie. Okay. As usual, Cranston is good. Yeah. He's excellent, just like Gary Oldman. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right. Uh, so then uh, my number 10, as I said, was American Mate. Yeah. Uh, number nine is Miss Congeniality. Okay. Yeah. Love that movie. Always go back to it. So much fun. Uh, this is Sandra Bullock before she started going, I need Oscars. Um, so she's so much fun and relaxed in this film. Uh, Benjamin Bratt's good in this movie. Obviously, Michael Caine, uh, uh, William Shatner's in this thing, Candace Bergen. So many really fun, uh, um, good actors in this movie. And the and the sting operation is that she's going undercover to find out who this bomber is. And, you know, she's playing off as a beauty contestant. And the comedy is all about her, who's very much a tomboy ish person having to like become this more feminine type of woman or not woman but more feminine type of person and how how that comes about and then the sure. relationships that she makes there and then but she never loses the ultimate goal which is to find out who this bomber is so for me that's why uh, I think it's a sting operation and they're you know she's reporting back they're monitoring her stuff all the time and okay. things of that nature so to me it's like good and it's very funny it's very sweet um Bullock is Bullock is radiant in this movie. She really is. Like it's so much fun to watch her like right at the peak of her powers as an actress, you okay. know, and, and so much fun. Um but yeah, I enjoy the movie for that. That was the peak of her powers? You would give it to her like gravity when she's doing something like that. Oh, that's well, the peak of her powers. Yeah, well gravity's there's not like a lot of humor in gravity, right? True. But in this she this is who Bullock naturally is in all her movies, right? This kind of Fun, enjoyable, uh, comedic persona. Yeah, that snort um, laugh, snort right, and com- and can control a room when she needs to. Um, Gravity is a fantastic performance from her. Absolutely can't deny that. But I think this is like who she is, okay. or, or what I sensed she is, and that's why I enjoy this movie uh, more. I watch this way way more than I watch Gravity. That's for sure. Okay, or Blindside for God's sake. Nah, Blindside oh. is one of those – I saw once and I don't need to see it again. Never again. Uh, yeah. It's a lifetime movie. It really is. It's a really excellent lifetime movie. But yes. It's a lifetime movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's – yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I mean I don't want to say because everything – it would be basically denigrating. It's in essence this and yeah. this and this and just whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's no need to slag off on it. This isn't a <laughs> – <laughs> Which sports movies don't I like? There's no need to bash it. Yeah, they feel fucking patronizing. Uh, all right, then my number eight is uh, Donnie Brasco. Oh, that's a punt. Okay, I had a feeling. Uh, once again, this is about, you know, and we'll talk about it later on. All right, what's number seven? Okay. Uh, seven is uh, The Informant with Matt Damon. Oh, yeah. See, another one I haven't seen. Damn. It's, look, if you're expecting Oscar, yeah, yeah, you're not yeah. going to get it. You're going to get an interesting, weird portrayal of a man who, while doing well, does harm. Okay. And how good – I think, honestly, with time, you appreciate even more of Damon's performance because you've seen him do all these different scope of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was in the midst of doing you know, a lot of – he'd already done Talented Mr. Ripley. He'd already done you know, a bunch of other stuff. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, but it's a guy that's a whistleblower on his own industry because they're price fixing. Mm-hmm. So the – 
calls in, I think it's the FBI on this one, and then ultimately turns out he's also in the wrong for other things. Right. So it's a, based on a true story, but I think they kind of get a little bit more liberal with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they might even change the names of the companies type of thing. Mm, right. I'm not sure, but it's about agriculture business and something to do with a specific gene or a chemical or something yeah, that they yeah. use and they all use it and it's on the seed or on this or something. It's a common thing amongst everybody in the agro business. Right. Uh, so, yeah, to, to see him play this manic kind of individual that goes back and forth and vacillates between the two. And it's also not the atypical crime type yeah. of – I don't know. It's a weird, interesting little – It's a good choice, man. I know everyone says that film is very, an, an very interesting choice by – Damon to play a part like this uh, and how weird and quirky it is because he's not a likable guy necessarily. No. So you have to – and he's the protagonist. So, yeah. By definition in that you follow his story but it doesn't necessarily make him the protagonist. Right. Just over whose shoulder you're looking throughout the the journey kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I would say see it. That's that's two straight. There you go. There you go. Um, Number six. My number six is – I struggled with this one, but I ended up putting it on Black Mass. Oh, yeah. OK. I, I, you know, in the end, I, I couldn't necessarily because of – he doesn't like – Well, OK. So this was my interpretation of it. Yeah. So – Like who's undercover? Well, technically he is. You're right. Whitey Bulger. Which you find out later though. It's the – so this is uh, – a sting operation is a deceptive uh, uh, operation to basically not entrap but to catch someone doing something illegal. Yeah. So within that, technically, it's him thumbing his nose at the system for its corruption. Yeah. But also there's the corruption in and of itself of uh, the uh, uh, Edgerton's uh, FBI character mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that buddies up with him because they went to high school together and, or something like that. He grew up in the same neighborhood but Whitey's a little bit older so he yeah. was enamored of him, thought of him as like a, you know, a cool guy yeah. type of thing. Uh, and it's the eventually the operation to take him down on top of that from the DA and whatnot. Yeah, you know, Whitey gets away and gets caught in Santa Monica here. <laughs> I know it's it's ridiculous at a parking garage that I'm sure we both parked at probably, probably yeah at auditions or something. Yeah, yep. I know. Right when I found out about it, I was yeah. like, oh, they caught Whitey Bulger, and I was like, oh shit, I know exactly where that is. <laughs> That's crazy. He's been here this whole time. Um, right. So I mean, if they he used. Their basically surveillance techniques to take out his competition, the, right. the mafia crime boss, and that's what Edgerton character was pinning, the, you know, his rising star on. Look, mm-hmm. we took out the mafia, but it's like, yeah, but it ended up like uh, he was giving them all tips that they'd already gotten, whatnot. Right. So he wasn't really a rat; he was just saying the same information they already had, mm-hmm. type of thing. Uh, but yeah, for that, I I struggle with it because ultimately this the trap that gets sprung on him, we don't see. Yeah. So we don't see that build up. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have that sting operation aspect. Yeah. I agree. So I struggle. I was like, I'm going back and forth on this one. I get it. I totally get it, man. Yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, I was thinking about it the other day, too. Um, was it, I don't know if I was talking with you or someone was talking like, oh, does Depp still have it anymore? And I was like, all you have to do – oh, it's, I think it was Snyder and I were debating this. And I said, yeah, all you have to do is watch him in that scene with Julianne Nicholson – up in the bedroom when she's mm-hmm. claiming to be sick and he comes up and just confronts her um, and they have that back and forth 
Um, oh, actually, it was Jeff who was saying Julianne Nicholson. Why? She's got some movie that's coming out uh, soon, and he was saying like, "Is she really?" Because I was trying to get her for the deep cut, and he goes, "Is she really someone you'd want to get?" I was like, "Yeah, I love her work. Like, I think she's great in Boardwalk sure. Empire and the Law and Order: Criminal Intent that she was mm-hmm. on, the, that run that she was on. She's done great work." Throughout, and he was like, "Well, have you really?" And I said, well, "What about Black Mass?" And he's like, uh, "Was she good in that?" I was like, oh. "That scene where he walks up and confronts her, and they have a back and forth." There's no way Depp is as good in that scene without Julianne Nicholson bringing it as well okay. to balance him out, and that you have to give her credit for. She hangs with him she, in sure. the, one of the most chilling scenes I've ever seen on screen. I mean, that's the other reason we want to talk about. Like my my contention with. Rami winning for Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's to me. That's a good movie. Sure. Like sure. Middle of the road, mm-hmm. and his performance isn't so amazing to me that it elevates that movie beyond good. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, so if if you're gonna win for something like that, it's just like you have to stand out from that movie so hard to me. Yeah. A la my example that is is Black Mass. Mm-hmm. Should be a movie that I absolutely love. I think it's okay. I it's think okay. It's good. Yeah. But he is so stellar in it that when he got a nomination, it was like fully deserved. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of anybody else pulling off that. Like, you are the entire reason for me to go back and rewatch that, and I will be mesmerized in your scenes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just agree the with amount that. of menace and terror he can pull through in those <laughs> eyes with those contacts. And that fucking accent. Yeah. Oh, God. His head looks all weird. He looks like kind of. Uh, not quite. You remember Flathead from Dick Tracy? Yeah, yeah. So that size of head, you just cut off the afro on the the, the sides. The so side. he still has this weird kind of triangle like shape because his, yeah. his noggin looked, right. you know, fucking Neanderthalish. Like he looked <laughs> like his bone density was more than mine, and yeah. still, you know, of the same build, so to speak. He just looks it. like a fucking, you know. People wonder in those instances, like you think we descended from apes? And be like, look at the silverback he's displaying, kind of right now. You know, so you don't see similarities. It's, it's close. It's close. It's close. It's a lot of the same posturing. It's a lot of the. <laughs> it's enough to be in a documentary, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you see it all the time. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my number seven is uh, Twenty One Jump Street. Okay, it's not on my list. Okay, I love this movie. It's so much fun. No, it's it's awesome. I just I'm yeah. trying to go for a realer. Yeah. Oh, type fair of, enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But Twenty One, I, I wanted to hate it. Yeah. And I thought it was great. Yeah, right. I wanted to hate it. You go in. Uh, so many of us went in. I think with our arms folded. Going from a certain generation, like, well, why? See, I have no reverence for 21 Jump Street. Okay, okay. I didn't watch it when it was on. I just know that was the springboard for Depp and whatnot. Yeah. And it was, you know, had I been a couple years older, I'm sure I would have watched it. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, I was like, man, what is Starsky and Hutch? Like, right. look, it's just going to be a retread of some show that I didn't watch. Like, I yeah. had no expectation. And coming out and being like, I can't believe how good fucking Channing Tatum and Joan Hill were. Yeah. I am blown away. I I I will put this out there. I know some people get mad at me, the Magic Mike fans, but I haven't seen him be this good since the Twenty One Jump Street films. I don't. I haven't enjoyed him in just about anything else I've seen him in. Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. He's oh yeah, small right. parts. Yeah, but then his accent is not believable. I have okay. a real hard, tough time with his accent in that movie. Uh, Hail Caesar! No, I no. still need to rewatch that because I feel like I don't understand it. I haven't rewatched okay. it since the theater. I walked out going, I need to see it again mm-hmm. because I don't. I don't know what the Coens are trying to tell me. <laughs> uh, don't be surprised if you go back and see it again and still don't get it. Okay. So many people just don't. I've watched it three times now, and every single time, like. I love everything they do. Yeah. It's like Batman vs. Superman. I watch it, I will catch it, and I'll go, what am I missing? What am I missing here? I can't. No matter how many times I watch it, it's not good. It's everything we should love. Yeah. Old time Hollywood going yes. back, see it from the studio exec side, all this crazy BS that happens left, right, and center. Right. 
and uh, like the World War II Nazi pulling and tanning, doing the big Fosse, probably choreographed dance number and yeah. whatnot. And like, I don't understand. It's that weird subplot about the Russians and the whole like. You know, oh, is that what it is? Russians, not Nazis. Yeah, kidnapping okay. George Clooney and like for this whole idea of like uh, this political philosophy. You're just like, yeah, he starts to agree just because he's a vacuous. Star, yeah, exactly. oh, yeah, this sounds like a good idea. <laughs> yeah, totally. Clooney was good. Oh, Clooney's great like, in the film. Know, the casting was it's solid, top to bottom. Tilda's I just walked great. out of going, I don't understand what I saw. Yeah, yeah, I saw very. Uh, to me, it felt like a, a, a messy movie that but, they were trying to get away with by putting their name on it. That is not like them in the slightest. I know that's everything why else so they've surprising. done is so tedious. So. Mm-hmm. Very specifically chosen. Well, intolerable cruelty isn't like that, and uh, neither is Lady Killers. So it's Lady not like Killers, they're unfallible. A, it's a remake. Yeah, and B, they were going for a certain vibe. They tried to pull it off. They couldn't pull it off. Yeah. Bringing back this genteel, yeah, know, Louisiana Purchase era type of former Frenchman that now lives in the U.S. for Tom Hanks. Right. Uh, it could have been good. It could have been good. Absolutely. I like the casting a lot. It's really mm-hmm. interesting, but it, it's ultimately you get to the end, you're like, yeah, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't, it's just like, it's, you know, not everything can be a gem. And I appreciate that true. you're out here taking chances. True, true. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Uh, anyway, 21 Jump Street, they go undercover in the high school uh, to try to uh, uncover who's the one uh, distributing the drugs for everybody and what have you. And the second one is good too, but I like this one better. And, um, and what they end up doing in the the relationship, sorry, Ugh. the relationship with Tatum and uh, Jonah Hill is great, and what they experience, what they go through, and uh, even getting the cameos from um, I think it's Peter DeLuise and and Johnny Depp is great at the end as well. So I give a lot of love to that film. Uh, my number six is Kindergarten Cop. Keeping in the vein of kind of comp. Okay, yeah. I guess I didn't think of that as a sting. They're trying to catch that dude who's who's like uh, you know yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. father of the kids. So, or father of one of the kids, and so they're trying to catch him from earlier in the film. Yeah, from hurting her. Yeah, yeah, but not his son because he wants his son to come with him. Right, right. And uh, so he's undercover. And it's a sting in a way because he's playing another character as a as a teacher, and they're trying to find, like bring that dad out so they can catch him. And in the end, they do. I just remember even thinking of a kid like seeing the mom, like really you slept with this scumbag. <laughs> oh yeah, like, but LPN, how, no. how, how did you not know? I think there's a lot of beautiful women that's hundred percent in their young years uh, and slept guys with too. a bad boy. And, oh yeah, sure, and guys too, guys too. Yeah, yeah, uh, slept, slept with a crazy one. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, absolutely. We've both done it yeah. uh, several times. It's not ma- it's not misogyny. Both sides exactly. It goes both ways in different ways. There's Looney Tunes percentage yep. wise. Yep. I don't know, but it's you know I am more than happy to say it's fifty fifty. Absolutely. If you want to credit our side more, that's fine. Sure. If you want to credit the other side for that, I don't know. That's fine. <laughs> We're all nuts. Yeah, we're all yeah, human beings. Just varying degrees of nuts. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just I, I hadn't thought of it. It's a great choice. Look, Kindergarten Cop is awesome. It's a fun, fun movie. It genuinely proved that Arnie could do comedy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this and Twins were the double two shots. Yeah, but I think Twins is more an acquired taste, whereas mm. Kindergarten Cop is more universal. More broad, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. And he's, you know, he's charming. He's fun. Um, and the ending is kind of brutal. The fight in the bathroom is pretty brutal and what ends up happening between him and that dude. Um, and of course he develops that relationship with Penelope and Miller and then, oh, I forget the actress who plays. Oh, his partner? Yeah. Who gets sick and can't go be a teacher. 
Uh, she's awesome. She's great yeah. in everything she does. I can't she think of She is great. She's a good character actress. I've seen her a million things. Damn it. I can't remember her name. Oh, well. That anyway. would make him up. That one, yeah, that's fair. All right. What's... That one make him up. That's the legitimate, what was the name of the actress that played <laughs> Shit. in Kindergarten Cop? That's something you should know. Yeah. Now, the uh, guy that was playing her Euro Trash X. That's tough. Couldn't tell you for the life of me. Pamela Reed. Damn Pamela it. Reed. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Tyson. Is the guy's name who plays the scumbag. Really? Yeah. Not expecting that. Mm. Richard Tyson. Still working. Has like eight, 10, 15 projects in post-production. Good for him. This guy still doing it. What, what kind of titles are we talking about? Mm. <laughs> the Dragon Slays at Night. Redneck. Volume 3. Redneck Getaway. Okay. Uh, Treasure Tales. Demented. Geo Slash. I wonder if that's a Geo Slash. Oh, that's sequel. awesome. Oh, what's really big and trending right now? Like these huge environmental stories, right? Okay. And then we'll do a slasher film on top of that. Geo Slash. Hayride 2. Playing with dolls. Hayride 2? What? what is it? The cart drop him off and now they're picking him back up to go back home? Oh, it's a sequel to Hayride, which yeah. came out in 2012. Exactly. Hayride 2. He's in both. What, what didn't they accomplish in the first hayride? <laughs> <laughs> that we have to, dude. We got to close the book. We gotta, we gotta oh, finish this. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of yeah. storylines. The Amish are not happy. <laughs> hayride too. Hayride. Apparently, he was in a production, a filmed production of Richard the Third. Oh, okay. There you go. With David Carradine, I guess, is Richard the Third. What is he? I don't know the actual characters in that, so unless they're the huge, like, Falstaffian names. Oh, good, I good. Po- good point. He was in Black Hawk Down. He was in There's Something yes. About Mary. Uh, and there's Something About Mary? He was Detective Crevoy, one of the detectives. Blanken. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Battlefield Earth. Wolves. So th- those were the salad days, I think. <laughs> Battlefield Earth? <laughs> Me, myself, and Irene. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. The guy works, though. He works a lot. Yeah, nothing against him. He's good. He's making his money. He does what he does. He was in The Babe. Uh, He started in 3 O'Clock High. Remember that film? No. Casey Shamasco. Oh, sure. That's the name everybody remembers. The Old Casey Shamasco. People know Casey Shamasco. Oh, Shamasco. There he is. (laughs) Give him a lifetime achievement at the fucking Oscars. (laughs) This goes to- He's the uh, pugilist in uh, Young Guns. That's Casey Shamasco. Show me the picture. The pugilist? Yeah, the guy guy that fights? One of the Young Guns? Uh, I remember Lou Diamond and McDermott. Yeah. And- who are we talking about here? And he, he's the Kiefer he's and, the one with the beard and the hat, and he gets shot at the end, and spill like he kills. Show the, me, all right. Show me, all right. Hold on, because I'm I'm pulling. He's also you know, the guy that was on Northern Exposure and then Sex in the City. Oh yeah, he yeah. That? He's also in Back to the Future. He plays one of the gang dudes. He plays that guy. That's his. You show me the picture with his face is obscured. Okay. Thank you. Was, Thank you for on. that. Hold on. It's this guy. This guy right here. No, no. Uh, Oops. Sorry. Pull it up for I Okay. This guy. Okay, give me give me something where I would know him from. Okay, all right. Yeah, uh, Burt Reynolds thing. Uh, guy that's still the same. Still the, ah. Kinda. Yeah, I know him. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah Bloxy Blues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally know him. Yep. 100%. Yep. Old Chimasco. Yes. There he is now box. I can visualize. But there you go. Next to Lou Diamond, next to, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, sure. He was, certainly wasn't the well-known name. I apologize, sir. No, I'm sure he's not listening. And in case of <laughs> you are, thank you for listening. Uh, big fan of your work. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, there you go. All right. I don't know how we got on that tangent. To, um, uh, to Shamasco? Yeah. Uh, 
How did we get to Schwasco? How did we get to Schwasco? So great. That was the follow-up. Oh, he was in 3 o'clock high, the guy who was in. That's what it is. Uh, Hey, Rise 7. Um, All right. Uh, What's your number five? Five is uh, Serpico. Oh, nice. That's uh, uh, where is it? Uh, that's my number three. All right, we can talk about it. Well, right. we punt. Oh, we punt? Two or three. I'm sorry, we punt two or three. And you just announced for the first time ever where something is higher. In the oh, list. Jesus Christ. I'm getting old, man. All right, so what's your five? Uh, my five is uh, White Heat. Okay, the Cagney? Yeah, the Cagney. Because uh, Edmund O'Brien, I think it is, goes undercover. Uh, Cody Jarrett is the name of the character that uh, my, uh, that <laughs> Cody Co- Jarrett. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> There's a name that doesn't exist sure. anymore. I want to make sure I get that right. Cody Jarrett. Uh, he just come off the fucking bale and hay in Iowa. <laughs> well, he is a criminal. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, Cody Jarrett. That's, That's a, his name. Cody Jarrett. Great yeah. name. Edmund O'Brien, uh, who plays uh, Hank Fallon, aka Vic Pardo. He goes undercover as a cop to be a part of. Uh, Cody's gang. He does. He saves him in prison from getting his butt kicked or whatever, or, or being attacked. Uh, and uh, he. That's how he gets faith with the guy. Okay. And then eventually, uh, how this all plays out. He like he's you know reporting back to the police. And everything I thought you're like trying this. to not spoil a movie that is eighty no, something years that's old. That's true. It's a fair point. Um, but Cody come. They they break out of prison, uh, and uh, Cody is like you know wants to go back. To taking control of uh, his crime en- enterprise, but his best friend is kind of uh, doing some things behind his back with his ex, with his girlfriend, uh, Cody's girlfriend, who is now kind of with this other guy. Okay. And the ma- Cody's mom's involved in this whole situation. And so when he finds out that it's what's his face turning on him, Hank Fallon, he's. He's just like – he just starts laughing, like maniacally laughing and then like kind of runs away and then at the end he ends up on that big oil uh, Yeah, look at me, blah, or whatever. Yeah. Top yeah, of the world. Top of the world, man. That's where that comes from. That's all I know of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, good, I, good film though and, and really fun uh, undercover uh, sting type of which film. Which one is the one with him and uh, – was it Edward G. Robinson? <sighs> the two of them are on the front. There's another crime one. I think they have a lot of crime ones. I think you think – I think it's Angels with Dirty Faces. Okay. I think. Because there's um, the one Edward G. Robinson did way back when. Yeah, Angels with Dirty Faces, James Cagney, uh, Humphrey Bogart. Oh, so not. Okay, so not. Not Edward G. Robinson. I don't know if they ever did a film together. Didn't they? I know they came out with two films around the same time because Public Enemy was the one that came out at the same time. I can visualize them like on a poster together. Little Caesar was the one that came out. Maybe I'm wrong. With uh, what's his face? With uh, Cag, uh, I mean uh, Edward G. Robinson. Edward G. Robinson. See, this is the stuff they don't ask you in the schmod on. You know why? Because those kids are fucking ten years old. And these are the movies that built Hollywood. All right. So I just googled the two. Yeah, here we go. Smart Money. Smart Money. All right. A black and white drama from 1931. It's an hour and 21 minutes 1931. long. 1931. Yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah, smart money, Shane. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's two guys that move from uh, silence to talkies. Yeah. Smart money, Shane. Ah. <laughs> yeah. We're still doing it all these years later. Oh, you have my money. You and it's smart. Uh, all right. So anyway, I love that movie. Uh, it's one I still watch on TCM whenever it pops up because there's something about the way it was directed, the way it is. I just love Cagney's like 
fucking nutty magnetism through the whole movie. And it was kind of the last time he played these kind of roles. And okay. so uh, it was good to see him do that because I think it's a 1950s movie. And so it's like the last kind of time he gets to do that before he gets a little like aged well, out. Yeah, that one I just looked up was 1931. So yeah. you're talking about the 50s. That's 20 years later. That's what I'm saying. He aged, kind of aged out of it. So well, you eventually yeah. do. I mean, you had a two-decade mm-hmm. career at the top. True. That's, Very true. That's pretty impressive. Very few people get to be Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, For that long. Yeah. Spielberg, Scorsese, like yeah. not many Meryl Streep's out there, you know? True. True. Very good point. That's just you, – you work that consistently in amazing projects over and over and over again because you're that fucking good. Yeah. It's just rarefied. Area. And you were picking the right project. Now, yes. Meryl did go through a time in the 90s where she was choosing some bad things. By so, what was being offered to her, you know like what I mean? River Wild, She Devil. These are not good movies. No, She Devil's terrible. I mean, I'm it's god awful, terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's like that one. And uh, what's the one with Goldie Hawn, Bruce Willis? Death becomes. Her. Oh, Death becomes her. Right. I've never understood why people enjoy that so much. People love that movie. I think it's a, I think it's an okay movie, but I think it's a movie that isn't that good. Uh, you know, it's it's one of the first movies that. Made it to repeat on cable, and I was like, I don't understand why they play this so fucking often. Right. Uh, and before that, I was either young enough to not care because I liked everything, or they just didn't do it as much. But I, yeah, mid nineties, something like that, like mid yeah. to late nineties. This was just on. It was on Comedy Central and TNT. And You're right, nineteen ninety two. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So once it hit fucking cable, it was just nonstop, and I was like, I don't get it. Yeah. She's got a hole in her. Yeah, there's some Hollywood guru they went to, and they are mortal. I don't <laughs> yeah. give a flying fuck. She Devils 89, then Postcards from the Edge, which is okay. Defending Your Life is fantastic. That, it is. That is a really Albert good Brooks, film. Albert Brooks, yep. I don't think people go back for it because it's an HBO movie. Yeah, you, Wasn't it an HBO no, release? No, no, it was released in the theaters. Was it really? Yeah, I thought it was I saw an it HBO the release. Wow, I oh, saw it on yeah. HBO and I just thought it was an HBO movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the difference in our ages, man. I totally saw it well, in the Well, but I was old enough to know the difference. 1991. Yeah, when I saw that. I was going yeah. to movies nonstop. Okay. So to All me, right. it was just like, no, that was. I thought that that was an HBO flick. Then Death Becomes Her, right? Then House of the, the House of Spirits, which was terrible. The River Wild, terrible. Bridges of Madison County, okay. Uh, Before and After, not that good. Marvin's Room, not that good. Dancing in Unasa, not that good. One True Thing, not that good. Music of the Heart, not that good. And it isn't until the uh, early 2000s she starts like kind of doing her thing again consistently. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, she had to work for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now it's like uh, there seems to be more of like a you know the prestige pick, so maybe she just right. gets in on that. Like this is just more than likely going to be one of the biggies. Yeah, yeah. That type impossible. of thing. We got great production. We got great director, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's got all the right pedigree. Yeah. And there's X number of those every year, and they get offers out to the the biggest. I'm looking up to your fin of your life because I want to see where it was released. <laughs> Box office did sixteen point four million. Yep, distributed wasn't. by Warner Brothers. Yeah, and produced by the Geffen Film Company. I don't. I don't know that uh, Brooks has ever done a movie for television. I thought that was like a special HBO when yeah. they started getting the higher tier, like every once in a while coming in. But you know, a year or two later, in my head, then would have been uh, like, and the band played on. Yeah, that and, was HBO. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. they do it. it what yeah, is sure. uh, Matthew Modine? What is that? Uh, Fat Man and uh, um, Fat Man and Little Boy was Little that? Boy. Yeah, yeah, that's another HBO. That was really good. That wasn't HBO. I don't think so, man. Man, I'm getting a lot of. Those I saw that in the then. theater. Paul Did Newman, really? Paul Newman, and Dwight Schultz. Yeah, 
I like that movie because it was Paul Newman. My dad was like, we got to go see it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there's no – yeah, it's a, it's a Paramount movie. Yeah, Paramount Pictures. Man, I'm screwing up a bunch of stuff <laughs> on all, my release yeah, stuff right now. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, did – oh, it's box office three million. Yeah, what this? it didn't do that well, man. Uh, it's one of those quiet uh, ones. Two million with construction, reception. It's distortion of the facts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, maybe it's something they didn't have a life in the theaters and only had a life on somewhere like, you know, at HBO. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, That's certainly possible because it was a small movie. didn't make a lot of money. Um, but it was a great movie about um, that situation. And look at Dwight Schultz, Bonnie Bedelia, Laura Dern. John Cusack, Natasha Richardson, John C. McGinley. A lot of people in this thing. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, we we digress. Where are we at here? Your four? We just did your five. Uh, yeah, so my four is uh, The Departed. That's a punt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my number four is American Hustle. Uh, not on my list. Okay. I've never... You just don't like the movie, huh? I thought it was fine. Okay. I, I like O. Russell... Christian Bale can pretty much do no wrong. The, the Irish O. Russell? Or no, the, O. Period Russell. <laughs> I would have done a, you know, a bigoted uh, O. Russell had I, because that's what we all do internationally. Exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> Phonetically. Just ridiculous. Phonetically correct. Yeah. I mean, by letter of the law, I guess the rules are punctuation doesn't matter, but it really should. The spirit of the law matters, too. <sighs> exactly. Just as much as the letter of the law. It's just the punctuation should matter in this instance when you're changing the ethnicity and nationality of an individual. Yeah. That kind of makes a difference. The crazy thing about that whole decision was Kalinowski and Chance weren't mad about it. Like they weren't like, no, no, give us the point. We earned it. They were more just like, okay, whatever you decide. So the decision was there on the table for Ellis to go like, you know what? Everyone's okay with it. Makes sense. Dan answered first. All right, let's just like cancel them both out and let's go to another question. Such a simple decision. But for Mark Ellis, apparently, it wasn't as simple as people would think. Anyway. He made the executive decision. I guess he did. Yeah, but he had to call Sam to do it. Uh, All right. So that was uh, my four. So American Hustle. Yeah, American Hustle. Really enjoy the movie. Uh, uh, Obviously, they go undercover to try to get all all these people to to turn states and get them in trouble and then eventually do. And, of course, uh, Christian Bale. Fantastic performance. Kind of, in my opinion, kind of beat up by everything going on in his world. Amy Adams is sexy AF in this movie in a way that I haven't seen her be sexy before. Um, Jeremy Renner is good. And when they get found out, him and Elizabeth Rome have that great scene. Uh, De Niro is chilling in that little cameo he does. Yeah, his part is tiny. Yeah. Um, but all of it. And, of course, you know they do the operation and they end up, end, end up getting everybody they want to get except for, of course, Jennifer Lawrence. So, um, All right. So what's your number three? Uh, my number three is Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. Oh, nice. Because it is – Shit, that's a good choice. They're trying to find a criminal yeah. within this. It's a huge espionage surveillance. We got to figure out what is up and what is okay. down. Okay, Because the guy we had been – our chosen leader for so long got ousted and then suddenly there's this new Russian informant that's yeah. fucking gold and it doesn't smell right. You know, there's something rotten in the state of Denmark. <laughs> 
Uh, or the island of Britain, yeah. Well, yeah. But if there was a something rotten in Bath or something, if yeah. there was a phrase <laughs> that, like that, then I would have said that. But Denmark was as close as I could get to a, an apropos. <laughs> Give me something Britain. William, why don't you just use uh, Bath or some rotten bath? No, it doesn't make any it, sense. It doesn't make any sense. I've got to use Denmark. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe go geographically closer. What, Liverpool would be closer? Oh, Liverpool would be good. Isn't that on the uh, western side of – Yes. What about Manchester? Manchester on the western side? I don't know where it is. You've been. I don't give a shit about that city. What? No, oh, I'm no. not joking. I'm joking. Uh, where? Manchester? Yeah. I don't know if I've been to Manchester. Oh, really? No. I've been to Liverpool, but not Manchester. We went to Wales, Cardiff, but not Manchester. Perfect. We I've might been have to Cardiff by the sea out here in uh, California. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Our version of that. <laughs> That's right. So it's the same thing. It is. I'm sure if people in Cardiff totally came same. here, they'd be like, reminds me of home. This is beautiful. All the sunshine. <laughs> this is fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so any of our English listeners, if there is a colloquialism that is more apropos and fitting, please let us know. Hit, hit me up on Twitter or John at Matt Nost at The Roca Says yeah. or at Top Ten Show. There you go. Uh, send us a tweet. Join us on Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Top Ten Show with the number 10. Nice plug. Join the discussion over there. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, I would love to know it. Uh, uh-huh. So, yeah, so it's this cat and mouse of who did mm-hmm. what and what, you know, what side is right, what side is wrong. The only thing you can, I guess, rely on at this point is we think Gary Oldman is a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. being brought in from the outside because mm-hmm. uh, he's out of the family now. Right. He got sacked because of, you know, in essence, this new mole. Yeah. That's high inside the circus, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fa- it's fantastic. It's, it is. I thoroughly love it. There's yeah. a you know a nomination for casting. Yeah, that's a fair. Yeah, absolutely. You get all those excellent actors. You get young Cumberbatch and Tom Hardy next sure. to uh, obviously uh, Gary Oldman, Colin Firth, Colin Firth, yeah. uh, Toby uh, uh, Jones. Yeah, Toby Jones. Um, oh, the guy that was uh, that played Caesar on Rome. Oh, Kieran Hines. Dang. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's one of the right the upper tier. Yeah. Another dude I can't I don't know his name. Yeah. I apologize. Mark Strong. Strong is in this thing, that's right. Uh is there anybody else? Yeah. It's not bad. I pulled quite a few. That's, that's a lot. I pulled quite a few. Certainly that's enough to win a best ensemble, I would think. I would. Yeah. And look, in the Schmodown, I could answer that question. You, you could. Know? You could. That's as per the Schmodown conversation off. Look, it comes down to sometimes you know it, sometimes you don't. Yeah. Name five actors. Yeah, who is the fifth lead? <laughs> who is fifth on the call sheet for Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy? Right. Actually, my version would be who's fifth on the call sheet for 48 uh, meters down two. For, yeah, right. Fuck off. I, <laughs> I don't know. And if you do, I feel bad that you wasted your money. You know what's crazy? The two actresses from the sequel, they turned down coming on to Collider Live. Like, what? what are you talking about here? What are we talking about here? The sequel to a shark movie is going to make five million tops, and you're going to turn down coming on Collider Live to promote it. What's well, wrong with you? did they bring back anybody of uh, note? I think Matthew Modine comes back. Okay, so I that's think. and it's new leads. Yeah, it's new leads. So they're not getting paid shit. Modine's making the largest salary by far, probably. And the budget on this was fifteen to twenty million, and so long as they make yeah. fifty to sixty million. In U.S. box office, they've got themselves a hit. I guess so. Well, because Shark Movie translates internationally. Hopefully Crawl does. Yeah. I'd like to see that movie. 
I'd like to see somehow a sequel to that. Sistine Rose Stallone, so Stallone's daughter, and Corrine Fox. Jamie Foxx's daughter, yeah. Jamie Foxx's daughter as well. So they both turned down coming on a Collider Live. Yeah, your your parents' coattails only extend so far. (laughs) I mean, I just feel like it's ridiculous. It's called 47 Meters Down, Uncaged. If if Ron Perlman can come in here and give his time. Yeah, if Ron Perlman can come. Shit. Well, it's just a dude. That dude has been working for a long time. We've all agreed since the ridiculously hokey Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. This guy is excellent. Yeah. Even with this retarded show being on TV, he is so good, as is she. They're both much yeah, better than this material. And that yeah. show was still, for the 80s, that was a good show. Yeah, it was. Uh, now, probably would, you know, they'd have to update it entirely. A lot of changes. Well, just well, the stories. Too formulaic and too whatever. Yeah. They tried on the CW. They had Kristen Crook who played – it was in Smallville. She tried to play the thing. It was not good. Uh, all right. So there you go. Where, where are we at now? Uh, we're at your three. So Tinker Taylor, go see it. Go see it. Definitely. Three Serpico, which was the punt from okay. earlier. Yeah. Love that movie, man. I, it is, I saw it as a younger kid like in my t- maybe 12, 13 years old. And I remember just being shocked by that ending. The shot, him okay. getting shot in that way and – like betrayed by his own like it was just a weird for me as a kid who grew up you know like the morality of doing the right thing you know watching 70s movies like can break you from all of that where you're like wow yeah you watch people turn on each other you watch people lie to each other cheat on each other uh you know do all great institutions being destroyed from the inside out exposing the corruption of all of it so like that was on that's what was on tv when you're growing up in the 80s and so to me, seeing Serpico, I think I remember seeing it on an ABC like an afternoon, Saturday afternoon or something like that. Oh, really? When they used to show them, right? Saturday afternoon movies or Sunday afternoon movies. And I remember watching that or maybe it was on CBS, but I just remember watching it and I remember that ending and I'm like, holy fuck. So it has stayed with me ever since. And I go back and watch it every once in a while because Pacino is so good as Serpico. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's right around that Godfather time, Dog Day Afternoon time. So he's still rolling in what he's doing and he's on point. And there's not that extra hoo or any of that stuff. He's really dialed into what he's doing and exposed. That's a true story. Exposing it is. the corruption within the police department. In New York in the 70s. There's – I mean the problem was so uniquely monumental that they've made numerous movies about a corrupt police force in a city. Right. Now granted it's one of the world's largest cities and it's most famous. But at the same time, there's this. There's Prince of the City. Prince of the City is great. American Gangsters deals with the issue of corrupt cops. Yep. Like there's been numerous others. What was the – oh, never mind. Uh just a simple fucking police force, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it took a few solid citizens to stand up. You know, it's a reaction to all the whitewash kind of uh, entertainment from the fifties and sixties. And as as I think it was Wayne that pointed out, once the ratings changed, yeah. you do the harder age, then the seventies started basically doing the kind of the yellow journalism of other decades, yeah. just doing it cinematically. Like here's the underbelly of this society that we think is so majestic and <laughs> glorious. Yeah. It still is. Sure. But, you know, unfortunately, you don't make an omelet like this without cracking a shitload of eggs. Yeah, that's my problem with people sometimes who get upset about like um, honest criticism of anything, right? Nothing is perfect. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, not even this country is not perfect. So – just because we point out things that need they need to be worked that needs to be worked on within the country, it does not mean the country still isn't great or good or is capable of doing fantastic things. I always go, 
you got issues with every member of your fucking family, you still love your fucking family, what's the difference? We can recognize slavery and still – and all the terrible things it might have done in the past and still think this country is a beacon of hope and promise and possibility. So mm-hmm. that's what frustrates me. People want to like, oh, no, don't talk about that. Don't touch that. Don't trade. And it's like, no, it's better to accept something in its whole because that's real life. Yeah. You know? There's gray everywhere. Exactly. Understanding every person. the faults of the imperfect world around you. Yeah. And that's how you grow, for God's sakes. Well, hopefully, strive as a society to get better. Yeah. To you know, basically prosper as a whole, as opposed to fighting in fighting yeah. for scraps. Yeah. Um, Agree. Yeah, we can we can get into a yeah, discussion yeah, yeah. as to what fuels that, and uh, that is not for a movie. That show. is not a movie show. Right? I just started Stop thinking. It. I was like, the next sentence coming to my mouth. It's like that. This is a half hour discussion. Yeah. As to at least. I was having it uh, a buddy of mine. He was on an, an, another podcast. He was on uh, Rogan's podcast mm. like, last week or something, and he brought up and they had a discussion, a talking point about reparations and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. And he was getting slammed online, and he was like, he pulled me aside. And he's like, you could tell he just wanted to talk to somebody. Yeah. So we talked for ten, fifteen minutes, and I just understood his viewpoint. He's like, yeah, that makes. I agree yeah. with what you're saying. Yeah. But there's there's no perfect way to say it to appease 100 percent of the people. No, 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 no. But what you're saying makes all the sense to me. If you're gonna if you're gonna do this, then do it the most prosperous way that benefits the mass, the most people you possibly can, yeah. and actually try and lift the community up as opposed to individually, you know, rewarding. Yeah, yeah. Just collectivizing it, yeah. trying to achieve larger long term goals as opposed to short term gains. Yeah. I was like, that makes a lot of sense to me. Figuring out how you do that—that's another question. It's a separate ballgame. But yeah, but that vision makes more sense as opposed to the short sighted vision. Right, right. Uh, but it's. Doesn't matter how much I agree with him. There's still people out there saying you're wrong. Yeah, of course. And they've thought out their answer, and some people are just like fuck you. Yeah. But doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you do. That's why I can never imagine being president. Oh, you you can't win, no matter what you. Doesn't do. matter what you do. Right. Even if you do something like there's not a law now, you got to hug your babies, and people. Somebody, somebody could be like, no, I will not coddle. My child needs to learn. The government doesn't tell me when it hugs yeah, my babies. That the world is a harsh place. So that baby's going to wake up, you know, grow up with no love for me. <laughs> just strict rules. But give me my Medicare paycheck. What? <laughs> give me my disability. Oh, okay. Well, you know, there's always <laughs> hypocrites within the system. Of course. Uh, all right. Anyway, what's your number two, man, man? Uh, number two is a punt from earlier, which is Donnie Brasco. Okay. Oh, that's fair. Totally fair. Just, you know, years long. Sting yeah. into a big wing of organized crime within New York and just seeing someone get sucked into the world and understanding why they kind of fell in love with it. Yeah. Much to the chagrin of their immediate family and the people that they work with. It's just heartbreaking when he knows he's got to, you know, he's got to turn left in. Yeah. And when left knows at the end. Don't you know, tell him nothing. Don't give him nothing. Well, it's it's when he's at his place and he gets the call and he starts taking off his jewelry. Yeah. And leaves that little drawer out so she sees the wad of cash and all that stuff because yeah. he knows I'm not coming back. Right. This is I brought a I brought a rat into our home. I'm dead. Yeah. And you're like, oh my god. See to, to see Pacino be the fall guy. Yeah. It's just it's a great performance, man. It is. Him and Depp and uh, Madsen's like one of Madsen's best outside of anything Tarantino does. Yeah, that's a fair point. Somebody, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and Hayes too, right? Hayes plays and Hayes plays his wife. Yeah, and then the guy who was in oh, shit, City Slickers, uh, plays one of the other mobsters. Um, 
Oh, City Slickers. He was in City Slickers is one of Billy Crystal's buddies that goes on. It's not oh, Daniel Stern. Oh, right. Yeah, the um, Bruno Kirby. Yeah, Bruno Kirby. The late, great Bruno Kirby. Uh, he plays one of the mobsters. Yeah. I can't remember the other dude's name for the life of me, but he was in a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, I think it's James Reed. Uh, anyway, yeah, you're right. I can't remember the name either. Uh, yeah, I can't. Yeah. But then like on the FBI side, you got uh, Giamatti. Yeah. He's a random. Right. When they do the forget about it scene, it's him and Tim Blake Nelson. Yep. Pardon me, Timothy Blake Nelson, <laughs> as I know him as. <laughs> as reference to previous shows. Good callback. Uh, <laughs> so I give the man his damn respect. Um, but yeah, what's forget about it? The forget about it. Yeah. Hey, just <laughs> hamming it up because they want to be part of that life too. There's, there's, it's exotic. Yeah. It's different. It's why, you know, we all, not we all, but you and I and a lot of people I know enjoy these types of movies yeah. or these books or are entranced by this life. It's something I'll never do. Yeah. So I'm captivated by the mystery of it. Yeah. Don't Even if I know it. it's wrong. Uh, just like Tales of War. I'm never going to go to war. Right, I'm 40 right. now, unless we go into World War III and it's full-on World War III, yeah. I'm never going to have to fight. Uh, and if it comes to that, guys, <laughs> let's hope it doesn't. I'm in good shape. It's still. General Nost. Yeah. I like it. General? Wow, I escalated quickly. Why this is not? a post-apocalyptic then because Why? there's it's very little competition is what you're saying. It's who's in charge? <laughs> I just leaped the general. <laughs> That's Oh, man. I what do you so say, bad. General Nost? Well, for the few generations that are listening to this in the wasteland, come find me. <laughs> I will remember this. My uh, latitude is 32 degrees north by... <laughs> find me. <laughs> oh, you think we're still using Morsk? Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, think so just a mess. So you think it's a nuclear cataclysmic event and the EMP just took out all computers? Yes, of course. Go backwards. Well, of course for you. But it also could be monkeys and apes rising up. <sighs> It could be Don't AI, artificial intelligence. Uh, all of it possible. It could be a lot of things for you. Oh, oh those idiot scientists. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want to get into it. I'd be more concerned with the disease personally. But Well, fair. That's fair. Yeah, true. Very true, actually. Um, yeah, that was your number two? Yeah, the, the, so, okay. you know, it's Depp going toe-for-toe toe yeah. with Pacino and Pacino, so good. you know, back at him. Hmm. Um, usually I, you follow, like, the, the head of a family. Yeah. And you're following, like... A lowly kind of individual. I think I had lower. I have it lower because he questions what he's doing, and he almost doesn't turn lefty in. He's he's very close to trying to find his way out of it. Well, he does. He doesn't half-heartedly knowing that it's never going to happen. Right, right, right. Like literally, you ever think about that boat? Sometimes you're selling him on a dream. You're selling both yourselves. on a dream that you know is never going to happen. Right. So just along in his eyes of you ever think about getting out here? You know. Yeah. And. you do. You want left to get out. I could, I could care less of about course. sunny red and sunny black and sunny this. I don't care about any of the rest of you. But left, I mean, cancer the prick. Huh? Right. You know, <laughs> what are the odds? Uh, what are the odds? And watching him cook and his wife is so fearful. Like you can yeah. tell there's some, some domestic abuse more than likely in the, in the history there. Yeah. But they still love each other mm-hmm. in this weird. Yeah, weird, know, crazy world. It is. I just I've always enjoyed that movie. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, my number two then is uh, Reservoir Dogs. Okay, so that's my one. Okay. Then cool. I know what your number one is then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just a taut sting guy going in. I love the the setup for Roth of you have to know this story backwards and forwards. Yeah. And it really sells the idea of you have to. This has to be a life lived before you go into this room. Right. 
you need to be firmly entrenched in who this guy's identity is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. You don't often see that. You just see them get thrust into the world as opposed to the preparation to actually mentally focus in and, hey, I'm going to be a criminal. Yeah. And I need to be a fucking criminal. But as, you know, we brought up in other shows, you know, he has a telltale sign earlier that he rats out Buscemi and there's all these little right, character cues right. within the, that scene about who those individuals are further on down the line. And yeah. It's just another well-casted uh, movie. You got mm-hmm. an ensemble, excellent actors, top to bottom. How you yep. get like a, a Keitel and a Tim Roth and uh, Michael Madsen and uh, early Buscemi yeah. and Tarantino himself. Even Chris Penn. Chris Penn. Eddie Bunker. There's so many good actors all through it. Um, Lawrence Tierney plays the head of them, the big dude. No one's gone. I can't. Somebody else on somebody other job is you're Mr. Pink. Um, yeah, the thing about this is that it's such a brilliantly designed um, undercover sting type uh, film because he, like you said, he has to memorize them all along. But more than that, he has to hold his own. He has to, you know, get incur the sympathy or the empathy. Of one of the dudes, and it happens to be the oldest of them, right? Harvey Keitel, mm-hmm. who's probably just doing this job one more time, maybe two more times. He's getting out, right? He's, he likes the camaraderie of the boys, but he's also a little long in the tooth. Sure. And he still thinks he's a badass. Like, I don't know who would win between him and Michael Madsen for real, but Michael Madsen is crazy. So if it's not talk, if you're not talking weapons, yeah. I don't know who wins, right? <sighs> if they're just going to have it out. You want to assume it's Keitel just because he has that KG veteran You aspect. want to assume that. But yeah. it could Madsen be. Madsen does seem unhinged. Yeah. And so what would happen in that situation? You're going to bark all day, little dog, you're going to bite. So there's that. But Tim Roth, what he does as you're watching them, and, you, and what's so great about the film when you watch it the first time is Tarantino, is this guy's legitimately dying. And he's legitimately freaking out. He's legitimately oh, angry. Tim Roth? Yeah, Tim Roth. He's legitimately angry about it. He's legitimately f- not sure what to do. Oh. And then when you see the flashback of how it's happened, it's so random. It's a, a woman in a car who's just fearing for her life. And he does kill her. He legitimately kills her, uh, which is a terrible burden to carry. Uh, and then he has to uh, you know, c- you know, play this character. And then eventually as the walls are closing in, he admits it. And when he admits it, he has to hold on to it until the cops get what they need, and then and only then does he admit it, and then it's nuts all the way to the end from that point on. It's great. Uh, just when Kaitel realizes that he's been standing up for oh, that. Yeah. But Roth dying, it should be ham over the top actor. That, <laughs> but somehow it's yep. utterly believable. It is. I think the kicking of the feet, all of that, which is him regressing to almost being like a child or a baby, okay. makes it believable. And I think Kaitel's like just utter, utter just like, wouldn't you fucking know it? Wouldn't you fucking know it? Just the I, – I make stupid decisions all the time in my life and yeah. here I am in this moment and I back the wrong horse and I'm totally fucked. Yep. Yeah. You're going to take the fall for all of this. Yeah. Because everybody else is dead. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, so then – Number one is Departed uh, for me, which is your number what? Four. Four. Um, this is just so good. And I watched it again recently. Man, the acting in this film is so good. DiCaprio, I know people like loving DiCaprio once upon a time in Hollywood. This is my favorite performance of his. Not Revenant, not anything else. Oh, wow. Really? This is my favorite performance of DiCaprio. I love him in this. Love how he's on edge. I love how he's... Uh, you're just walking the line the whole time where it can slide into melodrama or cheesiness. He makes it work. 
and for me. And mm-hmm. when he seduces, in essence, seduces but Vera Farmiga, Vera Farmiga, a, a, a ready to be seduced Vera Farmiga because she's yes. in that terrible relationship with Matt, with Matt Damon. Damon and- that scene is so sexy when he shows up and the rain and comfortably numb playing underneath and her saying like your vulnerability is freaking me out right now. It's his truth right in that moment and DiCaprio plays it so well. He's not overdoing it. He's not laying it on thick. It's just right there. And so I love him in the movie from top to bottom. There's a determination and anger, a frustration through the whole thing. And you feel for this kid because he has an anger problem and he can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. This is how he's channeled it. He hates his family for being criminals and he wants to go after them and turn them in and get them all put – and it's just madness. And so I love it to pieces for that. And of course, Nicholson shoes up sceneries and whatever. But like for me, it's it's DiCaprio, the reason to watch this thing. Yeah, I, for me, the I mean, I'm surprised it made it all the way up that high on my list. Mm. But it's so well done. It's just uh, at this point, Scorsese's canon is so big. I consider it a Scorsese film, and now it's in the mix of. And if I when I go yeah. back to watch Scorsese's, I'm in that type of mood. Mm-hmm. I choose from one to f- four or five others. I'll take Wolf of Wall Street over Departed. Sure, Wolf is great. I like uh, Wolf. There's no cheesy. You know, well, there's no Baldwin stupidly punching out the guy. There's no. Uh, thing with Jack Nicholson going overboard with the cocaine and the rats. Yeah, and I also think it's the performance to me is more tour de force. Yeah, that and Once Upon a Time and just oh yeah, you like away, okay, blown away by him. All right, uh, yeah. So Departed uh, is number four on my list. We've talked about it a million times. A lot of these at the top. So at least we got in some we've never spoken of, like White Heat. Yeah, yeah, definitely never come up before. Definitely. And I don't think the informant or the infiltrator. 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 Yeah. All right. Let's put this thing together, Matt. You want to write or do you want me to write? Uh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'll write. Okay. Yeah, I want you to write. All right. <laughs> so Reservoir Dogs, since that's one, yeah. two. Seems like logical. And then I don't – you got Brasco way lower, so then Departed would be two. Okay. Now, can we beat anything? Where do you have the uh, Brasco? I, eight? I have Brasco at eight, yeah. I have Serpico at three. Okay, I got that at five. Three five ones. Okay. So then I would say Brasco after that. Okay. Now, next I have American Hustle, but you don't have that on your list. What number is that for you? Four. Okay, I got Tinker Taylor at three. Okay. So I'll take Do Tinker. we have anything else? In co- no, we don't. Not until we get to the bottom, right? Oh, no, no we're done, we don't we're have done with else. that comment. Okay, okay. So Tinker Taylor, then okay. uh, American Hustle. Okay. Um, what do you got next? White Heat at, at five. All right, White Heat makes it. What do you got next? Um, Kindergarten Cop at six. All right, I got Black Mass at six. I, I, I would put take Black Mass. I would say Kindergarten Cop is closer. Okay. Because he gets away until the very end. Right, right. Um, so you put Black Mass at nine? That's at, yeah, nine. Okay. All right, what do you got left? 21 Jump Street at seven. And we don't have anything else? American Made or The Firm, you didn't have either of those? Oh, American Made's 10, so make that 10. Okay. That was my 10. I thought we had one more. All right, good. Done. Uh, we don't have, or 21 Jump Street, we don't have in common, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I got three more that we don't have in common. Cool. All right. Let's do this thing. You got more of your list on here. You're welcome. Here we go. Here we go. 
Magnanimity on my part. I don't. <laughs> You're welcome. You know, feather in your cap. You should sleep well tonight. I, I don't construct a list in an attempt to put more of my stuff on. It just happens to work that way. You do. Every once in a while. You do. Please. I've seen you rank Once on we're on video, we'll, we'll have actual people that work in the field. Oh, I love it. Can to decipher. disseminate. <laughs> yeah. When someone is maybe not perhaps telling – maybe they're telling their truth yeah. and not the truth. It's <laughs> – <laughs> so, that goes both ways, Chico. I'm just saying. <laughs> listen, I, I I imagine I'm going to win that bet more often than not. Well, sometimes you say you betray yourself when you say things like, "Oh, I knew I knew this was going to be on your list." So you're already guessing in your mind where you think it's going to land. Well, on it's, like, list. it's like last it's like, week. Do I want to? I give know him you're going to make a choice between Raiders and Crusade. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to choose both, and you're going to choose Raiders. So Raiders yeah. is going to make it higher. I just know that going in, but right. I'm going to honor what how I feel. Okay, I don't good. doesn't bother me. You're not influenced by. it. Uh, I come in liking my list. Okay. And I, I'll be damned where anybody else's placement affects right. how I view my list. That's fair. That's the God's honest truth. All right. If it happens to work out in other people's favors in the end, so be it. So be it. So be it. I'm going to be honest with the truth <laughs> and not just my truth. <laughs> there we go. Very humble. Very humble. Thank you. <laughs> Mad right. Nose 2024. Vote for him. General Nose. <laughs> Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the apocalypse in the next five years? I think uh, the way it feels like it's going. Well, I love that we still have this huge political system, even though we've been decimated and I've risen, risen to the rank of general in five years and can run for president. We can still communicate. Pe- people respect rank, man. You got to keep it in the, in the mix. I'm pretty sure if I'm a general, there is no central government. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Uh, the top 10 sting operation movies. Yeah. At number 10. American Made. At number 9. Black Mass. At number 8. Kindergarten Cop. At number 7. White Hot. White Heat, rather. At number 6. American Hustle. At number 5. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. At number 4. Donnie Brasco. At number 3. Serpico. And our number 2. The Departed. And our number one uh, sting operation movie is Reservoir Dogs. There you go. Good stuff. Quentin Tarantino seems topical to put him number one. Got a film out right now. Unintended but topical. Sure. Coincidental. It works. It was not by design. Trust us. Not at all. Um, um, all right. Well, there you go. That's our uh, show for this week. Uh, Matt, what do we want to tell him? Anything? Um, you know, if you are a Patreon member, patreon.com forward slash uh, the top 10 with the number 10, there is that video that we put up on Friday yes, yes. of our show with uh, Ryan Satin. You can uh, find uh, you can find that on Patreon. It's at the $20 and up level. So if you're yeah. just hearing about it now, you you know, uh, catch him back up with the show, go join and watch it over there. We uh, hopefully we're trying to do that at least once a month. Yeah. Um, so we'll have more uh, coming down the pipeline. And uh, our thanks to everybody that joins us over there, Facebook or on Twitter or everything else. And that's it for me this week. Yeah. Uh, f- uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And don't forget about the Topic Thunders that come out uh, for there for the patrons. And uh, yeah, follow Matt at Madnos. Follow me at The Roca Says. And thanks to everybody. We'll talk to you next week on the Top Ten. Adios. Ooh.